Welcome on into the Jazz Talk Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Before we get started, I just want to apologize for the long absence. Um, you know, just lots of stuff going on, you know, life, uh, trips, those kinds of things. Um, but it's kind of weird because right now is the time when we're just about to enter the off season. you know, trades, free agency, the draft. Um, which is stuff that I'm usually on top of and get a lot of episodes out for. Um, so I would be expecting quite a few episodes here in the next little bit. But again, I apologize um, for not putting out stuff uh, very recently. So uh, today's episode, we're going to cover the draft one last time for the Jazz. Um, talk about possible rumors that are going on with the Jazz right now, and um, kind of what we're looking at as far as the offseason goes, and a more of a clerical error um, that I made that I need to uh, fix up. So actually, let's start there. So a clerical error, clerical error, or, you know, um, numbers error. So I, I've been talking about the Jazz using the taxpayer mid-level and the biannual exception so they can they can still use the taxpayer mid-level and they could use the biannual exception if they really wanted to but the thing with that is just like the full mid-level exception if you use the the BAE um, you're hard capped for the year which basically means I can't remember what the number is but last year I think it was 139 million might have been 100 no it wasn't 149 i think 139 million last year so you could not go over that number no matter what whether you're willing to pay the tax or not if you were hard capped you could not go over that number um it's the same thing with any type of sign and trade as well um you have that hard cap number that you just cannot go over um so, basically what I'm saying is, as long as the Jazz do bring back Mike Conley, there's pretty much a zero chance that they will use the BAE because it's going to be really hard to stay under 139 just with filling the rest of the roster with minimum contracts, let alone using the uh, tax pyramid level. So with that, uh, we'll go ahead and get into the draft. So as you know, the Jazz have the 30th pick in this year's draft, which is happening on Thursday night, the 29th. Um, there's been a lot of uh, rumors about what the Jazz are gonna could do there, um, but we'll talk about that in the next little bit here. Uh, but right now, I just want to talk who could possibly be available at 30. Um, the number one guy that I see would be Trey Murphy out of Virginia, but he's gotten just so much publicity over the last month or so that I think he's going to be gone before then. Now, he's not a perfect prospect. You know, that's why he had the possibility of being available at 30, but, you know, he's 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", somewhere around there. Great shooter. Cannot create his own shot at all. He's a spot-up shooter. Um kind of the same way like Royce O'Neal is with the Jazz where he can hit wide open ones and he can hit them at a better rate than Royce O'Neal can 
but he's not going to create his own shot by any means. Um, decent defender. So if he's available at 30, that's the way I would like to see the Jazz go. Now, one thing when it comes to the draft that you have to keep in mind is these are rookies. And, even, and whether they're 19-year-old rookies or they're 22 or 24 like Chris Duarte is going to be, rookies usually don't play very well. Um, you know, the league is just so talented and it's such a shift from what these guys are used to in the college game or the G League, um, like the, the four G League Ignite guys, that rookies just usually don't play very well. And it's nice to say, oh, we can get this guy, his skill set will help us in the playoffs doing this and this and this. But you're really looking for somebody that in the next three years hopefully can be a contributor. And especially when you get down to the 30th pick, you're really, you know, taking a chance on a guy. Um, In most drafts, there's about 20 guys that end up being rotation NBA players. Out of the whole 60 that get picked, about 20 make it. Um, You know, you'll see, you know, maybe another 15. Stick stick around the league for five years, kind of float around, but it's about 20 guys that play for 8, 10, 12 plus years um, and are actually part of a team's rotation. So at 30, you have a lesser chance of getting one of those guys. Now, of course, guys ahead of that are, you know, are going to fail. It, it happens. You know, we can all look at all these prospects and go, oh, I like this skill from this guy and this and this, and he's got this intangible. He's a great leader. In three years, that guy might be playing in Europe. Um, you know, it happens all the time. Um so there is a chance that the Jazz could get somebody that can contribute in the next few years at 30, but the chance of them finding somebody that can help this year is pretty low. And that's one of the big reasons that the Jazz are kind of looking at maybe trading the pick. Um, but bef- again, before we get into that, I'm going to talk about a few more guys that co- could possibly be available at 30. Uh, one that's really risen up my board uh, in the last couple of weeks is Miles McBride. Uh, he's 6'1", 6'2", guard, so he's not big. I mean, he wouldn't help the the fact that the Jazz have a small guard line, but he has a 6'10", wingspan, um, you know, same as uh, Donovan Mitchell. is a ferocious defender, is a very efficient offensive player, especially in the mid-range, um, and I'm sure as he gets more experience and time, he'll extend that out to the three-point line. Um... So he's an option there as well. Um, Io Dosun- Dosunmu out of Illinois could be a good option. He's around 6'4", 6'5", combo guard. He's not the guy that's really going to run your offense, um, but he's a guy that can beat just about anybody off the dribble getting to the basket. Decent distributor. Um, pretty good rebounder. There's just a lot of questions about his shot, his fit in the NBA, and that's the big reason that he'll be he'll probably still be available at 30. Um, one guy that if teams shy away because of his medical issues, um, he was flagged at the uh, NBA Combine for having some sort of heart issue. He has since been medically cleared, but again, 
it could scare some teams away is Jared Butler, uh, point guard out of Butler. Or Baylor. Jared Butler out of Baylor. There we go. Um, you know, six foot three guard, can play the one or the two, great shooter, just a great defender, great team leader. He is going to be a little older. He's going to be probably 22 this next season um, for most of the year. And, you know, that's that's kind of what is scaring teams away, plus this heart issue. If it's actually something that is going to be a scary issue, you know, then it's going to scare a lot of teams away. But if it's something that's easily fixed or whatever, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of more interest in the guy. Um, Chris Duarte, he's going to be 24 this next year. And there's a lot of buzz about him being more in the teens. But if he falls to 30 because he's going to be 24, I'd love for the Jazz to pick him up. He's a six foot six wing, um, can play the play the guard positions pretty well too. Um, he's a guy that just consistently improved in his time in college, um, and is one of the few guys that actually could possibly help a playoff team in his first year. But I wouldn't really count on it. Um, and then there's some guys that are just more high upside guys that the Jazz could take where we're going to bring them in, put them in the G League for their first year probably, um, and just really let them develop. They probably won't see the floor for their first year. They won't see the floor for their first year, probably won't see it for their second year either. But if they can uh, hit on all the potential that they have, then you might have a future all-star on your hands or at least a really good starter. So there's Greg Brown out of Texas, about 6'9", 220-ish, power forward. Really has like zero feel for the game of basketball. He is just an insane freak athlete. But again, he needs a lot of time to develop. Josh Christopher out of Arizona State. He may get taken a couple spots earlier, but 6'5", 215, 220, somewhere around there. Very big, physical guard. Um, Takes a lot of bad shots. Reminds me a ton of Jordan Clarkson. Just a more bigger, physical Jordan Clarkson. So he could be an option for the Jazz, you know, to, to develop. And then, at you know, when Jordan Clarkson's contract runs out, Maybe Josh Christopher is ready to step into that role. Maybe not. Maybe he just flames out and he doesn't ever become an NBA player. But again, at 30, you're you're totally okay to take a guy that doesn't hit. Um, and then there's a couple of Europeans at 30 that I would be interested in. First is Philip Petrusev. Um, he played three years at Gonzaga then went back to Europe, played for um, Mega. I can't remember what their their name is right now. Um, But they play in Serbia, and they've produced many, many NBA pros, including um, Nikola Jokic. But Petrusev is about 6'10", maybe 6'11", power forward, center type guy. Um, really to me he looks like just a more skilled Mike Muscala where he can space the floor a little bit 
he's probably better in the pick and roll. Um, decent passer. He's a guy, though, that he's going to be 22 this next year. Um, he's a guy that you take to kind of be that third center, maybe your backup power forward type guy. Uh, but he also could use some time in the G League possibly to develop. And then uh, Renz Blindberg um, out of Belgium. Now, he plays in the Belgium League, which is not a good basketball league. Um, so that has to account for something. It's not like he's playing in the Spain ACB. He's not playing in Italy. He's not playing in Serbia. He's playing in Belgium. Um, but he's about six foot eleven, uh, six ten and a half, actually, without shoes. Which I've ranted about this before. The fact that they do measurements with shoes on is just the most ridiculous thing in the world to me. And I've heard other podcast hosts be like, well, they don't play barefoot. It's like, yeah, but that's not how people measure height. The NFL players don't go and measure in their cleats. It's, it's ridiculous, and they need to just stop doing it. Like, there's zero reason to do that. You just wear a higher-profile shoe... And all of a sudden, you're an inch taller than what you know you would have been listed at if you had worn a shoe with a with a sole that is thinner. It's stupid. But anyway, six ten and a half. That's again without shoes. Um, very very skinny. He's gonna need time to to put on more muscle. But listening to him in interviews, he's actually put on about thirty five pounds over the last two years, I think. So he keeps getting bigger, but he's still, you know, right around 6'11", at like 205 pounds. But his skill set is that of a shooting guard, small forward. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. He's a an aggressive defender. Um, did really well playing against Milo, Milos Teodosic um, in the EuroLeague, which, if you know anything about European basketball, Milos Teodosic is basically seen as a god in that league. Um, he's like their Magic Johnson. Um, played really well uh, on defense against him. But he's a guy, you know, he's going to be 19. He's a guy that if the Jazz take him, um, the plan is that he's going to spend probably two years in the G League. Um, now, maybe he develops faster than that. Um, but that's the plan with taking a guy like that. So now that we've gotten through that, as I've said, taking number 30, it's very little chance that you're going to get somebody that can contribute, and especially contribute this year. Um, you're really more just taking a high upside guy that you can develop, and hopefully they can be something in the future for you. Not to say that 30th picks or second rounders don't ever become something. I mean... Yeah, there's Jimmy Butler at the 30th pick. Draymond Green, Nikola Jokic were second-round picks. Chris Middleton was. But the odds are that you're not going to hit on a player there. You know, just by the numbers, that's what the odds are. Again, there's always a chance, but anyway. um, So because of that, and because the Jazz are going to be a very expensive team, whether they bring back Mike Conley or not, the Jazz are 
have been involved in some trade rumors. Um, now, the most obvious guys to me, and now that's what's come out in the reporting, have always been Derek Favors, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Jordan Clarkson was the one to me, but apparently Joe Ingles is the guy that the Jazz are kind of looking at, which does make a little bit more sense because he is an older guy. He's on an expiring contract. But, man, I love Joe Ingles, and I really don't want to see him go. But anyway, the Jazz are looking to use those guys and maybe the 30th pick in, in a trade to move off his salary and possibly move up in the draft. Um, you know, I could really see something like sending Boyan Bogdanovich to the Thunder and getting like the 16th pick back for it. Now, again, does the 16th pick have a high likelihood of being an amazing player? No, but you're having you have a better chance of hitting at that. And that would clear $18 million for the Jazz for the next year. Um, now, I'm sure they're also going to still look to move Derek Favors' contract as well, get off of his $10 million for this year and $10 million for next year, um, which sucks because I like Derek Favors too. I like Boyan Bogdanovich as well. The guy's a warrior, but his money just doesn't, makes sense with where the Jazz are going at this point. Um, if they do decide to move off of Derek Favors, I think the Jazz, under Justin Zanuck, will be done with paying backup centers. It's going to be Yudoka Azubuki and some guy they find on a minimum contract, which there is plenty of them. It is very, very easy to find a backup center with a minimum contract in the NBA. I mean, just this year, I can list off a ton of guys right off the top of my head right now. Willie Cauley-Stein, Boban Marjanovic, uh, Hassan Whiteside, Andre Drummond, Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo, um, maybe Kelly Olenek, Myers Leonard, JaVel McGee, Dwight Howard, Taj Gibson. I mean, they're, I'm just making the point that there is very high opportunities to find somebody at a minimum contract to give you some minutes at the center, especially if you don't as Buki's not ready to be the backup center yet. Um, now, I personally, when it comes to, to Doak, I think he probably needs more time, especially since he basically lost a whole year to injury. So I'd be looking at the more higher end backup centers with the minimum guys like Bismack Biombo or um, Taj Gibson, guys that you could rely on to give you those 10, 14 minutes or so with that Rudy Gobert isn't in. And, you know, Derek did a great job for the Jazz this last year. What he, The biggest thing that he did was he allowed Rudy Gobert to play against second units. You know, and, Rudy, and Derek Favors would play some minutes in the game against starters. Um, which was amazing for the Jazz in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs, Rudy's going to play 40, 42 minutes. So you only need a backup center for six to eight minutes. Um, and it's really hard to justify paying a guy $10 million a year to play six minutes in the playoffs. And that's the biggest reason that Derek Favors is probably out. Um, 
other teams that the Jazz could look to move those contracts to, especially if, you know, these teams with cap space don't hit on a free agent that they're looking at. Um, you have the Grizzlies, um, the Raptors, the Mavericks, the Heat, the Cavaliers, possibly, but they would have to move off. Uh, they would have to um, let Jared Allen go, get rid of his cap hold. Um, I'm trying to think here. Anyway, there are there are options for the Jazz to move off a of salary. Now you may have to give something up, like the 30th pick, along with the player to move off that salary. Um, now I I personally I think that the Jazz should keep this group together for one more year. Um, and just pay the luxury tax. You know, Ryan Smith's got plenty of money. Just pay it, man. Um, you have you were so close this year. If injuries hadn't derailed you, there's a chance instead of the Bucks winning the championship, you're the one in the finals, or at least the you know the Suns making it. There's a chance you're the one in the finals playing for a championship. Um, so I personally, I would try to keep the, the team together. And then maybe use the 30th pick and some lower level guys to add to the group. Um, you know, the idea that I've been thinking of is putting Yudoka as Buki, um, Matt Thomas, the third and the 30th pick together, um, and sending them to the Mavericks for Dorian Finney-Smith or to the Pacers for Justin Holiday. Um, to add some depth on the wings, some defense, and then in the offseason, going out and signing guys like Mo Harkless or Trevor Ariza, Andre Iguodala, somebody like that, um, to add, again, more depth on the wing, more defense, and then, of course, using a minimum contract to fill the now vacant third center spot. Um, and a guy I really would like to see the Jazz go after for as long as he's willing to sign for the minimum is James Johnson. About 6'8", six, 6'9", six, somewhere around there, 250-pound, power forward slash center. I think he could come in, play the uh, Marcus Morris role for the Jazz where he can be a small ball five um, and can just really disrupt things on the defensive end for the other team. Um, that's the way I see it, but reports are coming out that the Jazz are they're still going to pay the tax but they're trying to lessen the blow there now who knows maybe moving off of Boyan Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles and Derek Favors you find some hidden gems with minimum contracts that can replace those guys and maybe in one of those trades you pick up a, a cheaper player that another team's trying to get rid of that fits really well with your system it always can happen. Uh, but that's where the Jazz are at right now. Um, I Honestly, I would not use the 30th pick. I I would either trade it back into the second round like uh, David Locke did in, the, in his mock draft and trade with, like, the Nets for their three seconds or with the Raptors for their two seconds um, just to get more bites at the apple. Or use it in a trade with other players to either move off the salary or like I was saying, put Doak and uh, Matt Thomas together with the 30th 
to get you a rotation type player. Uh, but with that, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode. Again, more episodes are going to start coming out here. Um, and I, again, I apologize for the absence, but we're going to we're going to get back on top of things here and uh, put out some more content. But for those of you that are still listening, especially to this episode, they're still sticking around. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day and go jazz.